Have you ever wondered what it took to create a subscription box for your business? Well, you're listening to episode two of the Subscription Boss series, brought to you by The Product Boss, along with CrateJoy. In this episode, Jacqueline and I go over the exact steps and helpful tips to create your subscription box from concept to customer. Let's get started. Welcome to season one of the Subscription Boss series brought to you by The Product Boss with your hosts and product experts, Jacqueline and Mina. We invite you to explore the subscription box business model with us to add reoccurring revenue to your bottom line plus increase your visibility. Interested? Keep listening. Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Subscription Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline, with my beautiful co-host, Mina. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today, we're going to talk about the subscription box model concept to customer. You ready? Yes, I am ready. So this is really exciting. We're going to get into it and dig deep into all the to-dos to pre-launch your product. So basically, from your concept and everything you need to do to get it to the point that your customer sees it. Yeah, super exciting. So this is just the preliminary work that you need to put the thinking power and the initial action into. So there are a ton of steps to go through. And by a ton, they're all fun steps. And they're all things that if you're a product-based business, you can incorporate so much of this into your regular business as well as a subscription box model. So starting off, we wanted to talk about developing your branding. So that's key no matter what you do as a product-based business. And in a subscription box model, a lot of that could be, you know, the logo and the box, the package that it comes in, the colors, the, the entire voice of the brand. Yeah, especially important for a subscription box because they are literally getting a package. And you know how that thing where people sometimes buy in packaging alone, myself totally included. Well, this is indeed the case. They are getting a package and you need to deliver a look and experience, a whole brand to them that they are buying into. And so what do you think, Mina? So many of our listeners already have products, existing products. If you're going to create a subscription box based on that product or products within your brand, then you probably have your your branding pretty developed. But if you're sort of spinning off and creating the side hustle or the side business, you would have to sort of do a rebrand, right? Yeah, I think that this is a chance where you get really creative. There's a lot of subscription boxes that I feel that don't utilize this enough. Like they'll just put their logo on the top and then call it a day and have a plain box. That's because um, a lot of times text doesn't show well on a shipping box. You can't have too much of it. Otherwise, it gets confusing. But you certainly can have fun graphics. Let's take, for instance, like let's say it was a a dog toy box, right? You'd have the logo on the top, maybe on the side, and then you'd have like little dogs, cartoons, variations of all bunch of types of dogs. How cute would that be, right? Because mm-hmm. as a dog lover, you love that, you know, aesthetic. And even thinking about the packaging, right? So as they start to open, maybe there's, um, you know, tissue paper folded over and maybe there's a dog bone sticker with your logo again. So making sure that the entire experience goes through just from your logo through the brand experience. We found this amazing source for boxes that's so cheap with really great minimums 
So if you're looking to do that and getting into branding, we have that source for you. But you can only get that if you sign up for the free two-week trial that CreateJoy is offering. And if you scroll to our show notes down below, and we are sharing that in our exclusive Facebook group for everybody who signs up for the free two-week trial and shares a screen grab with us. And they email it to theproductboss at gmail.com. Again, theproductboss at gmail.com. So I just wanted to share that because it was an amazing find on our part in terms of finding this box company. And we want you guys to know about it as well. Yeah, I think uh, we actually have two. We have one that's really great for those top open boxes and having a custom really bold graphics type of one that's the the open from the top. We also have another source for those custom um, mailer type ones that are the tuck ones. You tuck them in. That's the ones you usually see, but certainly not necessary. There's I actually subscribe to two subscription boxes and they use the top open ones. And those are a little bit more affordable than the tuck custom mailer ones. Yeah. So then if you, once your branding is developed and you figure out your logo and your look and your box and your packaging, um, the next part that you would need to do to pre-launch would be setting up your landing page. Yeah. So your landing page is, is where you're collecting your email addresses. So when you launch your sales of your subscription box, those are the people that get to it first. And so Jacqueline, do you want to walk through uh, what you should have on your landing page? Yeah. So basically, a landing page is a place that you will then collect email addresses and it'll sort of be a quick sales page as well. So something that explains what you're selling or what they're signing up for to be notified about. And then they will put in their email address and then you'll have them to contact at a later date. So when you're setting up this pre-launch campaign, the goal is to get them on your email list. And the best, best way to do this is there's four elements on your page. So one would be incentive. There needs to be an incentive for them to sign up. So is there a unique offering? Example, they get $10 off their first box. Maybe they get the first month free or the third month free. Maybe they get a bonus item in the box. Then two would be a cutoff. So that sort of that timeline, if you tell them that this is going to cut off at this time, they will take action quicker. So people procrastinate. So make sure that you get them to take action now versus later. Three would be scarcity. So again, if you know there's like time's chicken and you need to sign up for something by midnight, or maybe there's only 20 of these left and you need to get in on those 20, it's going to make people take action. So creating some sort of scarcity. So an example would be on the pre-launch page would be something like you have to order by this date because there's only a limited amount of people that will get the sign-up benefit. So maybe the first, you know, 20 people, 50 people, whatever will get their third month free or that free item in the box. And then number four would be the call to action. So this is the final element of the pre-launch sales page. So really it's usually a button or a phrase that gets the customer to proceed to the next interaction. So basically something like sign up now or keep me posted or I want this. And that call to action button needs to be simple and clear. Yeah, I think a notify me or something would be nice. Or I think also um, keep it really simple. You know, uh, have a little paragraph of exactly what you're what you'll have in the box like um, let's say it's an adventurer's box right have ex- 
maybe a flat lay of an example of what a box would look like or one product that it might in- include. Maybe do a video of yourself, but have it be like a 15 to 30 second one and then really make the call to action them signing up because, you know, of that scarcity and that, you know, maybe you just only have a hundred boxes at, at, for your debut month. Yeah. So just think about this. Like you want to have the title of your company and then you want to have that, that catchphrase. So an example is be kind honey. So that is their name of their company. And then this, the catchphrase is small batch honey delivered to your doorstep. In those two sentences, you know exactly what you're getting and what's happening and why you're doing a subscription box because it's getting delivered to your doorstep. And then after that, you want to create a, like a brief description of the box and any relevant details and try to keep it under 100 words. Things start to get wordy, like long sales pages, and you lose people. It needs to be really direct as to what it is. So there starts with, so what's the buzz all about? Discover artisanal honey from the best um, ipiaries in North America. You know, it just keeps going. So once you have your explanation, so it's something compelling. And if you need help, you might want to get a copywriter for that. And then after that, you want to have your incentive to subscribe. So for example, um, join now and get 10% for life. That's an awesome incentive, right? Like a discount forever. And then they have one also, first 200 subscribers to sign up, receive 20% off for life. So, you know, it's that scarcity, right? First 200 subscribers, 20% off for life. Don't you love the for life thing? <laughs> I'm seeing a lot more. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, got, we got a discount once for, I think, Uber or something, and it was supposed to be forever. Um, and that was why I would use that service. So once you provide that incentive, then you have your call to action button. So basically you have them put in their email address and um, you say like, get my discount or, you know, join the hive, for example. And one of the sales pages, you depending on what you want to do, like how techie you want to get, you could have a countdown, you could have, um, it could say like spots remaining and there could be, a, you know, every time someone signs up, it can go from 50 to 49 to 48. And I've signed up for webinars and uh, services and things like that because there was a ticking clock. <laughs> Even if it resets for every single customer that signs on, I've done it. So it works. Yeah. So keep it really simple, but make sure you have that sense of urgency so they do it right then and there. Yeah. And so the next thing after you create your landing page, you want to set up your social media accounts. So this is something to think about. Like for example, Mina, if Mina has little labels, little labels is going to exist with its own social media account. And then she's going to have to create multiple other accounts for her new business. So for her new subscription box model, whatever the name. Yeah. Think of it as an arm. And let's say I'm promoting my arm business too on Low Labels Co., which is my Instagram. So that's my main biz, right? So let's say I want to say something about my subscription box. I can always tag it. That way my entire feed is not all about that subscription box because that's only one item in my um, product line. But it, it definitely has its own set of call to actions and promotions and everything like that. Yeah. So remember, we're going back to branding. We really, and and then you're going to do that landing page. You want to have really beautiful pictures and images and just look really on point because you know, when you've looked at things that are sort of janky or put together, you know, bad lighting, that sort of thing versus when you've seen things that look really super professional, you'd have no idea that it might just be you at home, you know, packaging all these boxes. But if your, if your website looks great, 
and all the collateral that goes around that, it's really going to up the level of your business and the people who want to be a part of that. So in terms of you know social media, it's the same old, same old. You want your Facebook page, you need a Facebook business page, an Instagram account, and you want an Instagram business account. And then if you want to get into Twitter or Pinterest or Snapchat, Snapchat tends to be for younger, the younger group. And so that would be depending on what the box is, who you want to market to. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of a Snapchat for business because it it doesn't last more than 24 hours. So it's like all that effort that you can't, you know, continue to leverage off of, but you can certainly repurpose it. Like you could take that Snapchat video and put it onto Instagram, then put it onto Facebook, then make an infographic to put it on Pinterest, you know? So really just get it everywhere. Yeah. So you need that all set up. Typical. We know, we know all the social media. So after that, then you want to set up a, we're going to say MailChimp account, but basically an email account for um, subscription. So if when people subscribe to your mailing list that you, you're able to market to them and email them and email blast them. Who do you use, Mina? I use MailChimp. Um, I really like so I've been testing out some because you know how I started doing Smarter Mail, which is a Shopify app, but they've been really inconsistent. So I've been doing a 20% off for my initial, you know, hey, here's your 20% off, but not 100% of people have been getting that. So it's been super annoying. So I'm thinking about switching again and I might just switch to MailChimp, which is, it's okay. I just don't think it has as many capabilities as I would love it to be. So I'm, I would love to switch to active campaign because they are really, really super easy, but they don't have the Shopify integration as easily. Like there's patchwork there, you know? So that's where I'm at with, you know, email providers, but I do love MailChimp because it's so easy, integrates with absolutely everything and you can set it up super easy. So I think I'm just going to go with that because it, it integrates with Pinterest, it integrates with Shopify, Basically, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I use MailChimp for my business and it, it MailChimp integrates with CreateJoy. So mm-hmm. if you're considering doing this and you're going to really go forward, it's you want to find the apps that integrate with the uh, the businesses that integrate with each other. So there's a few things that don't in my systems, in my business, and I have to use Zapier for that to sort of zap information. And that gets a little bit confusing. So it's just so much easier when you're working with systems that work well together. Yeah. MailChimp knows what they're doing. So I would say just go with that. I'm probably going to go with that on the little label side too with my Shopify account and make it make my life easier because it's not like I'm doing some fancy emails, you know? And you only pay for the subscribers you have. So if you have a low amount of subscribers to start, you pay at that rate. Yeah. That's under $2,000 yeah. is $0. <laughs> yeah. Free. And then as you grow, it, it you know, like I know that every time I add, I I pay and I have under 2000. Maybe it's the services that I have, like the different things that I've added, but that's a question. (laughs) But basically though, every time I add subscribers to it, then it bumps me up another level. So just knowing what you need. I mean, the cool thing on there too, is that they have MailChimp surveys. And so you can also send surveys to your customer base when you have to ask them questions and whatnot. So there's a lot of really cool tips and tricks. They have viable emails. That's the Shopify thing. You can buy straight up right in MailChimp in your email, which is so amazing. And you don't have to leave that email. You know, you don't have to like click onto a a website. So that's really cool, right? Amazing. So 
we should probably go into MailChimp on one of our our other podcasts. <laughs> Emails at least. Email, yeah, email marketing. So then we get into, you want to develop your pre-launch marketing strategy. So this part is really, really big. And I know Mina has a lot of points on developing the pre-launch marketing strategy. Yeah, we kind of did a thinking about this before we started chatting. And I think we're going to move this into the next episode because there is so much and I want to dig really deep into each point. But really the idea is to get as much traffic as you can and create as much hype as you can in a reasonable amount of effort because you don't want to like, you know, you're still trying to sell stuff. So you don't want to, you want to have a good strategy, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So think of yourself or your business as like a point or a dot in the middle of a circle and you have that initial circle around you. That's your that's your core group. Those are your circle of supporters. So your family, your friends, your best friends, cousins, coworkers, that sort of thing. Those people are the initial people you're going to want to start to get into your pre-launch. So whether you have their email addresses, you ask them, you ask them to sign up. That's something where you can make personal connections and ask them. Then there's a ring outside of them. And that would be your the, like the intermediate circle. So maybe that's where they're starting to tell people about it. I know one of my... Actually, my very first sale for Cuffs Couture came from a good friend of mine. She worked at a big um, agency in Los Angeles. And the the big agent, she basically told them all about it. And she bought like $400 worth of my cuffs. And that was a huge first order. It was one person, but it was somebody that knew somebody I knew. So I didn't feel as successful because I thought, oh, you know, this wasn't getting out to everyone, but it was a small step and she placed a really great order. So depending on who you know, it's like Girl Scout cookies. You know when they make you, (laughs) all of a sudden you're buying them. I bought like 20 boxes this year as usual. That's the season we're in right now where, you know, like there was a fireman doing something in our building and he had a bunch of boxes around him eating them because his daughter's in Girl Scouts. And we were almost like, should we be asking him if we need to buy some from him? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know that I bought a whole bunch from one of my little, it's like my friend's daughter. So I call her my niece, but she's not really my blood niece. And she did a Facebook live video. She talked about each box. And I was like, I love you so much for putting yourself out there. Like she was like, and then here we have the s'mores one. This is my favorite. She's only like 10 years old, you know, and she's a hustler. So I was like, I will take five boxes based on this video alone because I love that you did that. So, so smart and sort of scary the world that our kids are going to like move into. <laughs> right? They're so much smarter than us. So much smarter. They could like, they're going to take over the world so much earlier. So just think about that. So it's like your friends and family initially, then friends of friends, and then it'll start to grow from there. But initially, initially, that's where you'll go to. Um, and then like we said, we'll get into some more tips and tricks on how to really, you know, scale out the marketing and how to build out that campaign. Yeah. And a lot of that will be like through social media and interacting with people. For sure. I think that when people think of their inner circle, I want you to think of it as those are the people that will do reviews for you. This is the time to capitalize on that. You guys, this is the land of old Amazon, right? So old Amazon allowed us to do reviews on products that you did not purchase on Amazon. You did not have to be a verified purchaser. So if you were a family member, you could actually, or a friend that had used that product that was on the listing, you could go and leave a a rating, a review, and that would actually help the listing. Well, CrateJoy, hello, same thing. If you have used, let's say you use my labels and I have a box of labels, you can just go into CrateJoy and rate my 
box because you've used my products. So it's a way to get like a whole bunch of ratings and reviews and really boost up your listing and get it in front of CrateJoy. And also people tend to buy when, let's say you're looking at something with 76 reviews and something with five reviews, which one is more enticing to you, right? 76. (laughs) Do I win? (laughs) Yes, you do. You win all those ratings and, and then also it just help sell something that allows somebody else to sell it for you. I guess that's the best part. But the thing is, and just so everybody knows, it's not one of those weird things where, you know, and you know, you can tell those reviews that are sort of fake or put up. They basically differentiate like the verified purchases versus, you know, just reviews. So common people might not actually know that or, or know that, you know, that's your mom. <laughs> like, you like know, our podcast review. Like my our two first podcast <laughs> reviews are my mom and my sister. We're just going to put that out there. Those were authentic though. They do love our podcast. I'm they just do. saying. The fact that I was the first podcast my mom listens to and she's actually a home-based product entrepreneur. So it's great for her. But whatever the case though, you can tell the difference, right? Like a person who's aware of CrateJoy or aware of the systems, they'll be able to tell the difference. But nonetheless, the more reviews, the better. Think about Etsy. Think about anything you're purchasing online where people are leaving reviews versus not. And usually a new product doesn't have a lot. So you do want to get a few behind you. Yeah. And that's what I think that you should think of for your inner circle. So maybe not necessarily if they can't if you don't want to obligate them to make the purchase of a subscription box, at least ask them to do a review if they've ever used your products because that's just a little bit of time for them and not so much, you know, money out of their pocket. Great idea. And yeah, and you can always offer incentives, you know, or like, or, you know, even more so just a personal thank you. So if you know who they are, even if you have like stationary with a thank you card and then in that you could say like, but if you're ever willing, you ever want to sign up, here's like a discount codes, especially for you for when they're ready. So the next step is email acquisition. So that was part of that, you know, part of the pre-launch campaign, setting up your landing page is to start to get the emails of people that hear about you, know about you, find you via your friends, your family, social media, whatever it is. So the goal of the pre-launch campaign is to gather as many email addresses as possible. So email lists have the best conversion rates and will always be your most valuable asset. So remember, as many as you can get. And usually there's a small percentage of people on your email address that actually or email lists that actually convert unless they're coming to you specifically for that, right? So if they're signing up to know about your subscription box, they're already a warm lead and they want to buy when it's ready. Yeah. You always want warm leads or you want to have some way of warming them up. This is why, you know, there's nurture sequences is what they're called. When you're giving someone something free or something, some content that you're warming them up, I like to think of it as a warm feeling and, um, and then priming them for, as Gary Vee would say, jab, jab, right hook. So jab is content or freebie. Another jab is content or freebie. And right hook is get the sale. Um, but yeah, when you say email acquisition, that's just a fancy way of get as many emails as you possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> So ways ways to do this. And this is a huge question for most of our product-based businesses. You know, people will think they have a lot of people on their mailing list. And in fact, there's there are not that many. Um, there was an article once about a thousand true fans. And so if you could get to a thousand true fans, you know, people that are truly committed to your product, that's when you really start to see yourself blow up. 
But before that, really was the subscription box model. We're just wanting you to get 100 customers, like everything up to 100 customers on your subscription model. But prior to that, we need to work on that email acquisition. So First, you work with your personal network, your inner and intermediate circles. So you're going to build out those circles. So this is what you want to do. In your inner circle, this is where you'll get your feedback to like perfect the messaging, the branding, and the product offering. So these are people that are supportive no matter what. They're going to give you their feedback. If your mom's super nice, she's going to tell you, oh, honey, I love it. It's so good. (laughs) If you're like a super critical mom, then she might be like, "Mm, I don't know about this. It's really confusing. And then that might not always be it. You might want to go towards like a friend, a biz bestie, someone else in business that you might be able to ask some of the more specific specific questions about like the messaging, the branding or the product offering. Yeah. I like this because you can gauge initial gut reaction. Uh, One of our masterminders was doing a trade show and she had these display items and it said, don't touch exclamation point. (laughs) And her mom commented, I think that's not very nice. Why don't you put please in front of don't touch? On social media. (laughs) (laughs) So she ended up switching the sign to please don't touch display only, which I thought was great, right? So the initial gut reaction, because when I did see that, I thought that doesn't seem very welcoming. But to me, it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, obviously I'm not her consumer and her consumer is very similar to her mom or, you know, whoever else of her family. So it's nice to get that gut reaction of, hey, maybe I can word this a little bit nicer. Even like that where they're like, hey, I don't love the word leverage or moist. Or acquisition, right? (laughs) Yes. Email (laughs) acquisition is not my favorite way of phrasing getting lots of emails. So what what you would do with your inner, inner circle, basically, like these are the steps. So you'd let them know you're starting a business and that you need feedback. And then if they know anybody interested in this type of product or if they'd be interested in providing feedback. So my mother-in-law is actually an author. She's self-published on Amazon. And this is the tricky part, right? And we didn't really realize this. Because I'm related to her through Facebook and the algorithms and however they know, I had reviewed her book because I purchased a book. I'd reviewed it and it never, ever showed up. So again, we're like that pre time here where you're still able to do this stuff. But basically, you know, everybody knows somebody that might want what you're selling. How can they reach out to them? Yeah, for sure. Because Amazon before, my sister tried to leave me a review. It was, it actually posted and it was gone in like five minutes. Uh There's something on there that knows IP addresses. They, they know. Uh, With CreateJoy, they're encouraging reviews right now. They must be authentic, like we said, but they're encouraging people to um, leave reviews because people want that feedback. This is just like how it was before with Amazon. They wanted you to leave that review. So then you were able to give some feedback on a product that nobody knows about, you know, and then help them make the buying decision. That's the crucial point is reviews help people make the buying decision. And then think about your three to 500 closest friends on Facebook, (laughs) right? Because they're all our besties. (laughs) We know everything they're doing and where they're vacationing, where if you actually saw them in person, you'd be sort of creepy that you knew all that you know about them. But they are still people that are in your circle. They're in your inner circle because they... typically the type, if you're a typical person on Facebook, um, and that's somewhere that you could start to really start talking about what you're doing, putting behind the scenes, like photos and pictures up. If you know moms, you could say like, 
like say just like all the girls I graduated high school with, I could be like, Hey, CHS moms, um, got a question. Would you love this type of subscription box and have them start interacting? And when they do start to interact, there will be some that are interested. So they'll start to sort of pay attention and you can also respond to them when you launch or just post the link and say, sign up here. Like, I want you to get on right away. I'm giving away 20% off for life. If you're the first 50 people, you are my first people. Like, I'd love for you to have that. Or even if you get a share from them, right? Because oftentimes, like for me, I even will say happy birthday. You know how you get those notifications like blah, blah, blah's birthday today? Mm -hmm. And I will say happy birthday to every single one of them. Um, But I'm also one of those people that if you're doing good things, I'm highly supportive. So I'll share out things or I'll, I mean, it's, I'll change my profile pic to have that, you know, that frame or whatever. Um, But I think it's one of those things where on Facebook, the thing I love about it is that it kind of weeds out the people that you know aren't going to support you, right? So it attracts the right people. And then you know what? Haters going to hate. So (laughs) you always know the ones that are not supportive of anybody. They're the ones that are like, oh, there she is on Facebook Live again or whatever. And you want those people to you know, unfollow you, you know, now you can unfollow without unfriending, right? And so then you get the people that are your supportive and true fans anyways out of that batch. If let's say I went to high school with somebody and they were posting lives, I would totally watch it, you know? So I think it just really depends on that person. So don't let it deter you that these people are not, you know, within your one-on-one daily life. Because there are people that I know, I know a handful of them that have the same exact age kids as me, same gender, everything. They all have little girls and they stick out to me in my mind because, you know, I don't see them on the daily, but I know that little bit about them and I like seeing that little bit of their life too. Totally. There's people, and we don't really fully control our feed anymore on Facebook or Instagram really, but there's certain people that will always pop up. Like I have a few women that I grew up with and they do dog rescues. And so I'm kind of always aware of what's happening with dog rescues whenever I'm sort of scrolling through my feed because they pop up. And so they do stay in my mind. So moving after that, then there's the intermediate circle. So these are the people who are outside your inner circle, but who still have a personal connection with you. So you want to get those people involved early, like we said, and that could be some of these people in your Facebook group or slightly outside of that. Um, maybe you're in a, like a mom's group or maybe you're, you take your kid to class. Um, maybe there's schools, you know, just start to think about all the places you go, the, the department you work in, uh, where else your husband's friends or mm-hmm. their friends or their wives. Cause maybe, old coworkers, <laughs> yeah, um, old employees, whatever you have, you want to start going through them and you want to reach out to them via, you know, whatever channel you choose. So whether you're connected with them on Facebook or an email or whatever that is. And so you might want to put together like an email to, to reach out to them or like, like I said, through Facebook. And then you want to offer them a friends and family discount. So I have a friend that works at Old Navy and every year I get this sweet friends and family deal that comes to me. That's better than what's actually, because I think Gap Inc. basically has friends and family every year, but I get like the real friends and family discount and it's awesome. And I actually buy and I wait for it and I buy because I have that sort of like, you know, one to two degree of separation from somebody who actually works in the corporation. Yeah. And the thing that I would definitely do is I would offer a steep discount for friends and family, but I would also personally ask for a share, you know, because 
it gives them an option if they don't want to buy from you. Like I said before, they can just share it. And there's probably other people in their circles, you know, that would be interested or would want to sign up or whatever. And then, um, and honestly, they don't have to do it if they don't want to. It's just whether or not they, they like the idea. Yeah. And that connection to you. So then, you know, then we think about Facebook. So Facebook ads are, are an incredibly powerful tool. The thing about Facebook ads though, is that I think we've talked about this in other episodes. Mina has a strategy. She's got a certain amount that she spends. I've tested it. I've spent a lot of money without a lot of return to it or a lot of return on my investment. So if you're going to make that investment, I personally think that you should know what you're doing. What do you think, Mina? I would never attempt it without hiring somebody. And because of all my mistakes I've made and the accidents of leaving things on and not understanding the data behind any of it, I it's like a foreign language to me. I don't understand Facebook ads at all. I do know strategy in thinking about it. So for instance, I know that if you have a low dollar item like labels for $8.99, Facebook ads are not for you because you can sink a whole bunch of money into those Facebook ads unless you have an upsell. So let's say I have a labels company, which I do, and my upsell is this very expensive labels box that I have. Then it might make sense, right? So then like I'm getting the lower dollar things, but I'm able to upsell. But you know, the, the thing that makes it really, really beneficial, I think the word is the way to utilize them right now, I think is to go for local. So if you can geographically target, which you can on Facebook and say, Hey, Ankeny mom is offering new subscription box or, you know, um, Hoboken mom is launching new box for vegan jerky. (laughs) (laughs) That was Jacqueline guys. And, (laughs) um, so you know, she could really target the Hoboken moms and anything like that where you're able to target geographically, I think would be your best advantage because Facebook algorithms change all the darn time. I know the strategy enough to know that I better know what I'm doing or I'm going to be throwing money down the Facebook. I'm going to be throwing money at Mark Zuckerberg down the bills. <laughs> dollar dollars. Um, <laughs> So that's something also to think about. So there is, and again, you might want to get a professional for this because we'd rather absolutely you put the money <laughs> in, you know, like spend that extra money with a professional to set it up for you correctly. Cause you can always repeat ads and you can learn from what was successful instead of, let's say like, let's say you put $200 towards this and that $200 went zero nowhere. But maybe the person charged you $200 and you put another 200 towards it, or maybe you put a hundred towards it there would be such a higher success rate with a lower dollar investment. But the other way you can target is your list. So if you do have a really good list for your product-based business, you can also target people like your list. You can actually import your list, I think, to Facebook and they'll target that or target like groups. So let's say you're doing a sticker club. You can actually target your competition's sticker club people to show it. So... That's a whole other time and topic and episode, but just think about that when you're thinking. So, Mina, what if they're like, well, how do I find someone to do Facebook ads? What would you say? I would say go on to, I always go on to mom groups like Boss Mom and Savvy Business Owners only because I love to work with moms because they're very savvy. This is Mina prediction right here, trend prediction. 
there is going to be a huge shift in entrepreneurism in my mind because all these high level, super high level moms ourselves included, even though we've always been entrepreneurs, but you know, they're leaving corporate and they're building businesses of their own. So it's going to be this huge shift of losing these high value women that they used to pay 70 cents on the dollar versus men, right? I mean, I'm not making up that stat. That's just real life people. And then it's going to be brought over on this side, you know, of entrepreneurism. Yeah. So I like to hire those people because they're super smart they're super valuable and they're great at strategy as well as like the details, you know, life of a mom, right guys got to balance entrepreneurism. Plus you got to balance being a mom of probably more than one kid, maybe one or, you know, it's just a lot. They're able to do a lot. Depends (laughs) on if your husband's considered one of the kids, right? (laughs) Yeah. And if he's considered a half help. So, you know, (laughs) or if you're not a mom or you're a, a man or, you know, whatever your <laughs> choice is. Um, the other place though that I, what we really love about working with Create Joy is the support. So they actually have a Facebook group for Create Joy. They, they also have a subscription school on Facebook and it's a school. It's called, um, it's called subscription school. And so even within there, you can go in and talk to other subscription box owners and talk to them about the things they've done. And maybe they might have someone that, you know, handled their ads that they could recommend you to. But a lot of times it's that referral. You know what I would do if I was starting a subscription box and started to get momentum? I would reach out to create a mastermind that was only subscription box owners, you know, like co co box owners. So then we could share within a confidential setting and really masterminds are the bomb, you guys. Obviously, we run them. And when you get access to other people's strategies, they might not openly, willingly put it on a Facebook group, but they'll straight up put it into a mastermind because you're also putting your value in there. So it's like that secret information that nobody gets. So that's what I would do. Yeah. we. I have a friend in my mastermind that she has like nothing but amazingly useful apps and little like hacks and tools. So she's the person we go to. We're like, what should we do about this? And she's got that app. So next, the other two points about this would be Instagram and Pinterest. So Instagram is just another way of advertising your subscription box due to the visual nature. So making sure that you do have really awesome photos and Pinterest. So building that out with a Pinterest strategy. Um, we love this. We love the simple pin media or simple pin podcast with Kate all. That's something that we listen to ourselves. We know and love her. And she actually has these amazing strategies per month to think about. So what your February strategy should be or what your March strategy should be based on what people are searching. Um, so we'd recommend that too, if you're thinking about building out your Pinterest strategy. Yeah, both really, 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 really great things to leverage. Both Instagram and Pinterest have a strategy for each of them. Uh, with with Instagram, I think it's almost, I can think they're both helpful, but they have their own strategy. Like infographics probably would be more helpful for um, Pinterest and then they're moving into more video. Instagram, maybe some behind the scenes stuff would be more helpful. So think about your strategy so you're not overwhelmed with all the million things that you could be doing. You know what you're testing out and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So then the next thing would be building your customer experience and workflow. So think about this. After someone signs up to your pre-launch list, you don't want to just leave them there hanging. You don't want to stop communicating with them or waiting until you're ready to launch or your, your site's up to sell. So the most important thing to do is create that workflow after so that they, you continue to interact with your potential customer. And so it might be a series of emails. So here's an example. 
your potential customer will sign up and then they'll receive an automated sign up email that includes like the offer, right? The incentive offer or the pre-launch page. So at that point, they will get that. Then you send them an email letting them know about the progress. So they might say like, here's your you know, 20% off life code, keep it. And then because you're pre-launching and your site's not live yet, you let them know like you might send a behind the scenes picture. You might be like, boxes have arrived. Here we're packaging. Oh my goodness, so excited. Like this bath bomb is going to be in like the first box. Whatever it is, you can keep them engaged with your progress. Then you will send them an email to encourage them to engage with you on social media. So basically, and in the community. So you might be like, hey, do you want to see like our behind... We are doing a whole behind the scenes story on Instagram. Check us out there and they can follow along. And then you want to you also follow up with a reminder about the upcoming launch. And then finally, that launch email will go. And so it'll say like, we're live and that sort of thing. And you might even do a pre before that, like 24 hours till launch. And then that same day that you launch, like we've launched, we're live, like make sure to use your code. And then that's just a way to stay engaged with them and then get them to convert and keep them super engaged. And then going to your social media accounts and really adding to that. Um, Yeah. I like to think of the customer experience as converting them to a loyal fan. So you want them to be a loyal, raving fan. So when Jacqueline's talking about doing the letting know about your progress, you might want to start with the why. Why did you start this subscription box? You know, what is your thinking behind it and why do you love it? Um, Also, what's your setup? Uh, in my initial emails for low labels, for instance, I like to talk about how um, my daughter is my um, assistant, my seven-year-old. So she helps me pack labels. Uh, actually, she puts stickers on them. You know, she used to put the barcode on them, and then she gets the reject pile of all the labels. All true, super cute. People are rooting for us because you know what? This is going to be all about. Have you ever heard of like the hero story where in some of your emails you want to connect emotionally and they they the hero is a little bit of you and a little bit of the customer. So you want them to be rooting for you while you're rooting for them. So that's, you know, kind of like you're talking about your inspiration story, but you're also saying, hey, this is kind of how I resonate with you. And then maybe that's when you throw them some sort of freebie or give them a funny gift to get a chuckle or, you know, something that contributes to their life too. So you become two heroes together. That's kind of the thinking behind it. You want to give information about yourself, but also give to them as well. Serve them. If you heard that little thing, I was actually looking up a podcast on my phone. (laughs) It went off. (laughs) But basically it was a podcast I listened to um, with Jen Casey as a speaker. And we're actually going to hear her next week speak at Um, an event we're going to. But she talks about like that emotional connection through your story. So making sure that there's that emotional connection, but you're not too emotional about it and you're evoking emotion from your customer. So the story you tell and how they relate to that why, like how you connect with them, why you're providing this to them. So again, whether it's like calling on an old experience, like we talked about those English goodie boxes or that, that really exciting thing your kid gets in the mail once a month, whatever it is, you sort of want that emotional connection. Yeah. So that podcast is Stacey Tushel's She's Building Her Empire. So I'll put that in the show notes too. So you know that emotions are very effective because you see in all types of advertising, right? Fear factor. 
you don't want your kids to grow up not being self-sufficient, you know, like fear factor like that, right? Then there is the feeling left out or feeling like you want to fit in. Um, I always, anytime I'm writing an email, I write the emotion first that I want them to feel because I always want it to be like a positive, like I want them to laugh or I want them to feel delighted. I don't want to actually, or I want them to feel like they know me. So I'll let in, let them in on like a my favorites or a secret I have that they might resonate with, right? And so instead of having them feel the fear factor, I'm having them feel, you know, this, like being my friend, they feel like they're my friend and they feel happy in some sort of way. So that's sort of the steps that we wanted to share with you on the pre-launch. So basically from your concept to getting it out there basically getting your customer engaged with your new business. We are going to follow up on this episode with other steps to take in terms of onboarding onto the platform. So all that you need to onboard and then to pre-sell. And those will be in upcoming episodes. And again, we are launching a new episode of The Subscription Boss every Friday. So the product boss is on Thursday. And this bonus series is on Fridays through the month of May. Yeah, super exciting. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything because we are giving so much good information that even if you decide not to be a subscription boss, you can definitely use it in your existing business. Um, That's one thing that I know is part of my success is that I'm able to take things from different industries and apply it to what I'm already doing. So secret sauce of many entrepreneurs. Um, So listen in and, and take the strategies and use them for whatever you plan to be doing. So glad that you were all here with us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Just a quick reminder, guys, make sure you sign up for CrateJoy's two-week free trial during the special subscription boss series. It goes until May 25th, and this way you can tap into Jacqueline and my knowledge to help you during this time of adding a subscription box revenue stream to your business. You can find more info or sign up at www.theproductboss.com slash crate joy.